did. I um, came here, as I say, a year ago. I don't know why I didn't come back. I wasn't probably wasn't ready. Um, but when I visit Ireland, my mum lives in Ireland, and I go to church quite frequently over there. I needed to find a church at home. I needed to find my church. Um, it took me until May or June, May this year, to decide I need to come back to BBC. Um, I work in Ballam, I live in Streatham, so to me, it made sense to come here. Um, so I signed up for the welcome lunch, and you very kindly then invited me to join Alpha. I think I replied in a long old spiel, I'm not ready, I'm not remotely into that yet, I, I really don't know what I believe, it's a bit too soon, but then the wonderful Lou called me, and um, she talked to me about Alpha, and I told her where I'm at, I don't even know that I believe in God, let alone Jesus, but Alpha was the right thing to do. Um, I've been looking for community thing for, for years. I've been craving something. Um, coming to church, I feel like I'm becoming part of it, but joining Alpha, I met some beautiful people, some wonderful, wonderful friends already, um, and I didn't have much to say. I didn't really know if I had questions, but I didn't need to, and if I had questions, they were valid questions. I felt com comfortable in... Um, not speaking or speaking. Anything I said was valid, I guess, because it's my opinion or my, my questions. Um, and it was a wonderful experience. We would eat together and we would just chit-chat. It wouldn't have to be all about God and Jesus. Um, and it was a really nice experience to just sit and chat, have some food, watch some videos, um, and then chat about them afterwards. It was lovely. I really, really enjoyed it. Amazing. And just tell us about that journey of faith that you're on. <laughs> um, well, a year ago, six months ago even, I, as I say, I, I, say I, don't, I said I don't believe in God, let alone Jesus. I was brought up a Catholic, um, but I left school, I left college, and I didn't really follow it any longer. Then I had my beautiful daughter, and I decided, I didn't baptise Emily, I just decided that she needs to find God. I can't teach it to her because I don't know what I believe. So we, we tried the Catholic Church, we tried the um, Church of England churches, I didn't find, um, we enjoyed it, but we didn't find anything that just sat right with us. Then my mum became a Christian, and so hence why we were going to her church. She got baptised a couple of years ago, and we both really enjoyed going. Um, by coming here, like a few months ago, as I say, I said to you, I'm dipping my toes in, but you know, a couple of weeks ago, I woke up on one Saturday and I said, good morning, Jesus. And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. <laughs> and I've been doing it more frequent. Uh, I think I said to you, Viv, my Bible, I bought a Bible. I haven't read it, but it's been moving around and it's now my bedside cabinet. So it's closer. <laughs> I'm getting closer to reading my Bible. Um, it's still quite difficult to read. I've tried to listen to the audio sometimes, but I'm still... Dipping the toes in. Maybe I'm shin deep now. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not quite fully emerged yet. When I am, I'll probably get baptised. But um, I'm just kind of, mm. I'm feeling closer. And I've been going through some personal stuff recently. And I don't think I would have the strength to do it. Definitely couldn't have done it a year ago. Um, but these past six months, four months, two months, I've had this strength and courage that I don't know where or how, but I found it. And I do think that God, Jesus, is helping me carry the burden and giving me strength and courage to to just to, to do what I need to do to be strong in my decisions and I definitely think that there's something somebody helping me mm. and so it must be real it, it, it's got amazing. to be real <laughs> amazing amazing and Emily so you've been part of kids church what do you love about kids church 
Well, I love meeting the new people that like that help set up kids' church, um, and I love learning new things. Like I love watching the Bible and learning things that Jesus did for everyone, um, and I just love being with loads of kids. Um, some kids are around my age and some are a little younger, and the ones that are a, a little younger are really cute as well. And I like, <laughs> and I like, um, I like being able to play with them in kids' church. Amazing. Why don't we give them a big, big round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What, what's been incredible about Paula and Emily is they've just kind of thrown themselves into stuff. So they're already ho they're hosting a small group next, uh, well, this week. And they've come along to Healing on the Streets. Like even though she, that, that she's just on this journey, she's just kind of thrown herself in. So they're incredible. Okay. Second person I'd love you to meet is Tabby. <laughs> now, Paula, you've got me crying. <laughs> Hi. So this is the amazing Tabby. So um, tell us what you loved about Alpha and how you got to get there. So we had amazing group leaders in Lou and Josie. I don't know if I can see Josie today, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, amazing uh, group leaders. They were so generous with their time and like they cooked for us every week. And so we sat down and we just had a chat and had dinner and <clears throat> it was no pressure. And we just got to know each other like outside of what we were there to do. Mm. Could have a little bit of chit chat. And then it just meant that when it came to asking those big questions, we were just so much more comfortable with each other. And like, we, it was a really safe place and we could be really vulnerable and tell the truth. And ex exploring your faith is a huge thing. It's a big question. And we got to do that just totally without fear. Thanks to these guys and thanks to Alpha. Sorry, I didn't, I wasn't planning on getting like really upset. Um, and now they're like my family within this church family. Like every Sunday, I know I'm going to see someone from my alpha group and we just care about each other so much and we're so rooting for each other. And me and Coco are going to get baptised together and it's just amazing. Like, <laughs> And yeah, in like joining a, a church that to me seems so big, having my little family just made it a little bit easier. Amazing, amazing. And how have you got stuck into this church community? I think like virtually week one, you're on the kids' church team. <laughs> I like hunted you down, didn't I? I was like <laughs> messaging Laura nonstop. Um, I just like really, um, I was quite lucky because I went to a Focus Festival, which is like a HTB thing. And so I got to see on a really big scale what being involved in a church community like looked like. And they had like kids' team there and uh, all the different teams. So I kind of knew coming back from that, I wanted to get involved in this. And um, They've talked about church hopping is no good, basically. Like, we do it, but you don't get out from it, and you get out what you put in. And so I was like, no, I want to go, and I want to be a real part of this church. But I've got no qualifications with kids. I've got no experience with kids. And actually, I don't need a qualification. Like, I feel God's love now, and I'm just now the vessel to pass on to kids. Like, I don't need to... Um, be anything other than willing and um, I just want to give and just be a part of something and you guys are really kind in letting me do that you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> but um it's like it's a total like <laughs> it's it's like such a privilege it's not like oh I've got to go volunteer or anything like that for the church it's like it's almost like trying to get like the best job you can get because like 
yeah, it just feels like a gift that I've been given. I don't feel like I'm giving anything. I'm getting all of it. Do you know what I mean? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Sorry. Thank <laughs> you so much, Tabby. Amazing. Okay, so the kids are now going to go through to the other room if they haven't already. Um, just while they do that, why don't we just pray for the kids, but also pray for Alpha. So Alpha starts not this week, but next week um, at a venue in Clapham Junction. Anybody's welcome to go, but also anyone's welcome to bring their friends. You love about this church is that it's one of the most, com- we want to be one of the most compassionate churches in this area. And we want to do things that make us the best church for the community, not necessarily the best church in the community. And we run a number of different projects. So we run Healing on the Streets, where we're out every other Saturday outside Starbucks, where we pray for anybody for anything. We run a job club, which is on a Monday afternoon in here, where we coach people and give them uh, help in building their CVs and interview skills and sort of coach them back into work. And we've seen, again, incredible stories of transformation. And then another project we run, we run something called Bags of Blessings, just over in that far corner, where anybody can kind of bring items that they find in the supermarkets, whether it's toothbrushes, toothpaste, anything that homeless people, rough sleepers, big issue sellers might find useful. And then we bag them up and then on your way out, you can grab a bag and then take it and give it to somebody on your commute to work or in the local community. So there's a number of different things that we do. And I want to uh, introduce you to Carol. So Carol is somebody that we met in Sainsbury's. Why don't you come up, Carol, and I'll, I'll tell the little story. So <laughs> so one of um, one of the things we do on Healing on the Streets occasionally is we do something called treasure hunting, which sounds a little bit strange, but basically the team beforehand asks God, Are there, is there anybody that you would like us to meet today? And so Georgia and another guy, they kind of felt, right, we need to go into Sainsbury's and we need to go into the dishwasher aisle, the dishwasher tablets aisle. So fast forward... That Georgia then approaches you. Um, can I just start by saying I am the most, or was the most cynical person that I think God ever created, and I am <laughs> the original Doubting Thomas. Um, I wasn't supposed to be in Sainsbury's at all. I hadn't been in that Sainsbury's for about three years. Um, my mother is buried up at Garrett Lane Cemetery, and my sister decided to get cat litter that day, so we ended up going to Sainsbury's um, in the detergent aisle. I didn't actually need detergent so I don't know you can kind of see where this is going Um, (laughs) Georgia approached me and it's not the first time that I've been approached by people wanting to heal and I've always kind of taken a step backwards but for some reason um, I said yes uncontrollably I said (laughs) yes and um, Georgia started praying for me Um, to give this some kind of context I had an injury with my shoulder where I've got a bit of floating bone and for about three years I had limited movement in my arm where I couldn't move my arm beyond there. Um, After Georgia prayed for me, I was able to get almost full mobility instantly in my arm, yeah. Um, And that's why I said I was the original (laughs) Doubting Thomas, but you know, my mother had a really, really strong faith and she used to come back and talk about healing and I used to roll my eyes, admittedly. Um, But I saw it myself, I felt it myself, and I went back and I actually told my sisters, etc., what what happened because I still couldn't believe it. But that for me really wasn't the miracle, even though it sounds like it was. Um, 
my mother had died in 2008 and I had been very, very much lost because she was sort of the anchor for the religious aspect in our family. And we started going back to church and I didn't really feel the church that I was in and literally it's 100 yards from my house. My family still go there. And I just decided one day to just stop going and in my head I actually said to God, do you know, if you want me, you'll send somebody for me. And I met Georgia that day in Sainsbury's. She didn't give a hard sell. She didn't actually even tell me what church she went to. I had to ask her. And I started coming that Sunday, and I haven't stopped coming since. But to add to the story, because it can go on and on and on, I'd never, ever heard of this type of church before. And I, I work in Slough, which is a bit of a trek away. Speaking to a member of staff there, I was saying that I wanted to move back to London because I wanted to get more involved in the church. And he went away and thought about that and came back the next day and said to me, well, what church do you go to? And I told him, he goes to the same branch of church where he lives. We then found out that there were another there was another member of staff that belonged to another church like this in Watford and I had never heard of this church before so things were connected um, since then you know there's, there's a big thing at the moment about religion in the workplace and not talking about Christianity it's just been an eye-opener for me that we are able in our school to start talking about our Christian faith and people are readily coming up and having that discussion and saying that they've been to Bible class. Now, for me, God has given me no choice. I have to be here. Um, he's shown me so many things, and I could go on and on and on with the blessing that he's shown since I started coming to this church. It's just absolutely amazing, and I can only thank him for that. Wow. Amazing. Thank you so much, Carol. Amazing. Amazing. I love that God just pursues people, doesn't he? It's, uh, there's no such thing as coincidence. That's what it seems like to me. D Demetra's not here. She is. Demetra's here. Demetra. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on, Demetra. So we, as we said, we run a job club here on a Monday afternoon. And uh, Demetra's been coming along for a little while. And um, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Love it to be here. So, why did you come along to Balham Job Club, and what difference has it made? I was in desperate need, desperate help, um, a lot of support. Um, I have had a lot of. Um, this past three years, a lot of bereaved, separation of families, court cases, job, um, job activities. Um, I had a huge issue with my coach at the job centre. It was that bad, I had to get the MP involved. So this past three years, it's been such a huge learning curve, but you know what? I don't regret going through that because it's taught me a lot to be strong in the Lord and to trust in him with every little thing that I went through. And coming out of that, um, um, it has showed me a lot of grace and to forgive my enemies as God has forgiven me. 
I have to do that. I'm still asking the Lord to help me, to give me that strength, to forgive my sisters, my family, what they've done to me. But at the end of the day, it's up to me individually whether I should forgive all these people that have hurt me, taken my inheritances, taken everything that I had. But they can't take my Lord away from me because my soul belongs to him and nobody else. And what, um, how, have, how have we helped you here? What have we done um, here for you? Um, you were like an anchor to me, actually. Um, when it comes to IT, I'm not the best of it. So I'm very frightened to press one button <laughs> on my own. So I have to have someone at the side of me to to support me, that it's okay to press that button mm. and to go forwards through that. And I'm beginning to start feeling more confident. Um, I'm not so um, fearful of looking on the iPad for a job search. And I'm beginning to start enjoying that too now, instead of like coming and crying in tears in buckets. <laughs> um, so you guys have really supported me so much that I have eventually um, got um, a job that's under 15 hours a week. So I'm waiting for that to come through. And I'm also doing a teaching assistant mm. on Monday and Tuesdays now oh, yeah. so you're not going to be seeing much of me oh, at the moment amazing. I'm like oh so a lot of things are working through now so I bless God for that that's amazing that's amazing thank you so much wow I didn't even know that um if you were involved in healing on the streets uh job club if you bring items in for bags of blessing, if you take bags to take to people that are rough sleepers and homeless people, why don't you stand? <laughs> it's amazing. One of the things that we, we just can't do this on our own. This isn't just me and Steve. This is a whole family of people making a difference in this community. And uh, we just really, really appreciate all your help. The other, the other teams that I wanted to highlight is anybody that's on welcome, plug-in, uh, laptop, hospitality, any of those, please. Why, why don't you guys stand up as well? Thank you. Thank you so much. Steve. Uh, as we as we just sort of think about these last few weeks, as we've been thinking about what does the what has the last couple of years looked like, but also what's the next couple of years gonna gonna be like, and uh, so we've just asked a couple of people to uh, just to tell some stories about how they've been here and their their heart for the city, and uh, what what difference what difference Jesus Jesus is making. Um, we also, just as the summary of today, really, uh, there's an old African proverb which says uh, it, it takes a whole village to raise a child. 
and uh, some of the people that have st- stood up, it's, it's the whole family of the church, the whole community that, that makes the church happen. What's interesting about the church is uh, the church is the only institution that exists for its non-members. It's the only place that exists for its non-members. And so all, all that we're doing is just an expression of Jesus' love for our, for our community. Um, I'm going to ask Terence. Terence to come up. Um, uh, Terence and Anna, give him a round of applause. So Terence and Anna are missionaries, and they've spent the last three years praying and thinking, what would life be like in London? They're from, they're from America, um, uh, and so we just wanted to... They've been with us for about six months, and they're, they're here for the next three years. And so we just wanted to ask Terence just a couple of things about um, how he got here and his heart for... For, for London, which, uh, which God has called him, but then also for, for Terence and Anna, what, why does God love our city? He gave me the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but I promised I'd keep it two minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, so we've been here six months now. Uh, it's hard to believe. It goes by quick, doesn't it? And... Yeah, so we are on a three-year visa, but I I do believe that God has us here longer. Um, About four years ago is when he started to first talk to us about coming to the UK. And it was pretty much out of nowhere. Um, I I had prophetic words from people. She was having dreams, um, getting visions from God. And we were just like, where is this coming from? We both knew that God had put... um, just world traveling on our hearts, and, and we love all people. So we knew at some point we'd be living abroad. We just didn't know when and where. Um, so London was never this place like, oh, we just got to be there. We got to reach the British people. or Like, it was never that. It was like, oh, it'd be a great place to visit, maybe live. I don't know. Europe is pretty cool. Um, but then just God just started speaking so clearly. It was like every time we turned on the television, it was in London. The, the show or the movie, we're like, this is getting ridiculous. Um, and then people that we knew or random people would just walk up to us and be like, there's a go on your life. God's sending you somewhere. I'm like, I get it. I know. I know. So it just got too, too much. But so that was about four years ago, and, and that's when we got connected with our missions organization. And uh, we came over here for the first time in January of 2014, and we just automatically fell in love with the city. We felt at home right away. And we were walking along the Thames. I used to think it was called the Thames, um, but I've been corrected. (laughs) And we were just walking along the river and just realized, like, this is where we are supposed to be. And forever, forever, for as long as you want us here, God. Um, And and we've just asked so many times, Lord, why, why London? Because we still can't quite put our finger like, why above all other places? Is it because it's trendy and cool and we fit in here? Or, um, but it's, it's not. It's every time he's just responded with a simple, because I'm bringing revival. And it's already begun. It's already happening. Um, he's just calling the workers in to help. He's already doing the work. And so we just get to join him in what he's doing already. And it's exciting. 
Um, I'm just going to step this way. I mean, just listening to the other stories, you see God is alive and he's working here and he's doing things and it's amazing. And now we just get to partner with him and it's, it's so amazing. We never thought we'd be here with these guys, uh, but we are just so thankful. Um, he literally had to speak to me in a dream and say, go to Balaam. Um, so I knew that I was supposed to be working with these guys. And so we are just so, so happy that we're here. And, and why does God love London? Because it's his city. He loves London. It's his city. It says the whole earth is his, and it's filled with his glory. This is his land. This is his city, and we are his people. Most people don't know it yet, but we have the privilege of sharing that with them, that they're his kids, and he loves them, and we get to introduce them to Jesus. So that's just wildly fun and exciting. Um, and so we're just glad to be here with you guys, to brush shoulders with you, and for at least the next three years, we're, we're here to partner with you and to spread the kingdom of God. Is that two minutes, Steve? Yeah. It's really great. These guys are amazing. Um, pray for them. Um, they, uh, they're seeking f- uh, funding to be here for the next three years. So pray for them. Pray that God's provision will be all over them. But they're, they're a real blessing to have. So yeah, give them a round of applause. And for Anna. Anna, give us a wave in case you don't know her. Uh, last person, Phil, Phil and Jen. Uh, we've asked Phil to come and uh, say a few words. Um, he's not getting the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil, tell us. Tell us about, you've been here a year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust myself. No. Uh, let me just find the... What question did, was I meant to ask you? I'm slightly overwhelmed. Uh, how great have I been as a pastor? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that was a good question. Um, Steve's been great as a pastor. Very good, very good. Give a round of applause. <laughs> um, now, you just wanted to share a bit of the story. What I was said to start with, um, you said right at the start of this morning that um, at pastor school, or church planning school, you said um, that it's just about inviting the Holy Spirit. And I want to say a lot of the, the transformation I've been through is because, not really to you guys in the nicest possible way, but it's, it's, been, it's a testimony to, to God. Um, and all you did is invite me, well, God brought me into a church to meet his Holy Spirit again. Um, and it's been a little bit crazy. Um, yeah, it's hard to know where to start, but I think the summary is I feel like I've re-encountered my living God. So the best way of contrasting that is uh, towards uh, my previous church, me and Jen's previous church, um, I was really struggling with my kind of relationship with God. And I sat with my mentor one time, I remember, um, I was talking all about things I was finding hard. Um, And like a very good uh, mentor, all he did is said, uh, he didn't say anything except, in all of that, you never once mentioned a person. Um, I talked about, I think God wants me to do this. And um, I really feel I need to do this, and I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to do this. But no point did I, and I didn't even clock this until he said it, and then it really hit me. No point did I really talk about me relating to a real person. Um, and that's where I was at. And it's, it's a longer story how he got here. It's a, it's a brilliant story of, like Viv says, no coincidences, but a lot of, a lot of matching ups, which meant me and Jen were convinced um, beyond a long time. I've never been that convinced that God was pointing us here. Um, and it's been a really difficult process. 
as Steve and Viv have seen. Um, I'm very used to understanding what's going on. Um, <laughs> my faith had gone too far down that road. Um, and there's a lot of things that I didn't understand. And I had to just open myself up to it. I had to re work out what it meant to be open to God, to wait for God again, kind of in kind of, uh, at least five, six years ago, I maybe was in that place and then I kind of lost it. So I've been re-encountering it. Um, God healed my back. So very similar to the last testimony, I was not cynical, but didn't really understand healing. So I wasn't going to go there. Um, and then he kind of healed me and now I have to go there. Um, and now I've healed someone on the street as well, healing the streets, which is kind of strange. That's another story, which I probably don't want me to go into. But um, that was an amazing testimony. And it's just, um, I've just got my relationship back. Like, I now have a living Father. I have an active Holy Spirit. Um, and something to do with Jesus as well, to complete the Trinity. Um, you know... Uh, but I have a God back. He's with me. Um, I don't do things of my own strength anymore. Um, I put myself in uncomfortable positions more often now just because I'm not thinking I have to understand it and I have to know what's going on. Um, and I'm just enjoying embracing it um, most of the time. But, um, and you, these guys have been brilliant and they've given me opportunities to explore my giftings, which I've felt very strongly while God was sending me here. So it's been a di the first year has been like, at what point are you going to let me do these things, God? And I guess he was saying, when I've broken you and rebuilt you again. And he definitely broke me. And he's rebuilding me. And it's a process. Um, so yeah, my only encouragement would be open yourself up to God again. Ask him to come and just go with it. Thank you. Okay, so uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Just the, the people that God is, God is involved with. Like Jesus is, Jesus is real. He's alive. He's, and there's there's a thousand different ways that Jesus meets a thousand different people. There's no there's no one typical story, but it's just Jesus calling people to to Him, calling to Him to have a relationship. Um, the chaos of the last couple of years means that. The, my sermons on this. I don't know if you can read that. I certainly can't read this, so uh, pray for me. Uh, we, I just want to spend for the next sort of 10 minutes trying to, uh, attempting to summarize where we're at and also where we're headed to. Um, I, I believe that the Christian life is this a battle and a blessing. It's this battle and a blessing, a battle and a blessing, a battle and a blessing. And I could go on. It's this battle and a blessing. Um, uh, and, and for some people, we, we don't believe it will ever come to an end, this battle and a blessing. Uh, Rick Warren, the famous pastor and author, he, he, also, he often used to think that the, the, the battles and the blessings would be a sequential order, that you'd be facing a battle and then you'd move into a blessing. You'd then face a battle, move into a blessing. But he's changed some of his thinking and his theology about that. And instead of it being a sequential order, it's more like train tracks, two rails of a, of a train track, that at any given time we're facing blessings and we're facing battles. And that's absolutely true. I think the last, the last year, uh, many of us here have faced battles and blessings. Today, even this week, we've heard about people that are facing tremendous battles 
and, um, and tremendous blessings. And uh, I think this is here to stay. I think that how we handle and how we manage these battles and these blessings uh, is, is just here to stay. I don't think it's what... Uh, I don't think those things are going to change, but it's our response in those circumstances. Um, uh, Steve Backland, a, a pastor in America, he talks about those who have the most hope have the most influence. And uh, whatever your circumstances, whether you're in the middle of a storm, whether you're in the middle of a blessing and think, oh, this is, this is fantastic, we, we carry hope. We carry hope wherever, wherever we are. Um, and there's so many challenges. We, over the last year, we've probably heard every single challenge that any human being can face. Just just in our midst. In our midst here, every single challenge that every single human being can face, can, um, we've faced, we've experienced. Um, uh, and, I've, and I've put them in kind of C. So there's challenges. There's uh, cancer. There's conflict in relationship. There's chains of addiction. There's choices of purity. There's choosing to forgive. Um, I put this with a C, but it's keeping your love on. I've, I've kind of <laughs> keeping <laughs> with a C. <laughs> it didn't flow either. Uh, and the other one did either. Uh, standing firm. Uh, standing firm. I couldn't quite get the C, but uh, for most of us, if we haven't experienced a battle, we're about to. For most of us, if we're in the middle of a battle, there's a blessing around the corner. It's, it's our response in the middle of those challenges that, are gonna, that, is, that is the difference. And we have this choice of how we respond in the middle of cancer. Uh, so I heard about a friend of mine this week, uh, just diagnosed with cancer, and the doctor said to him, you, because of the hope you carry, because of the, your character, you've got a more successful chance than other people who haven't got that hope, hope within them. It's amazing testimony. Um, and so for us, this next year is going to be about how we stand firm in the face of battles, what we do in those circumstances. Uh, and the Bible tells us some, some things we're to do. We're to stand firm. Uh, see, the devil, he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't shoot as a sniper. He comes close. Uh, he comes like a boxer. He comes close. And it's the people around us that are the things that are going to hurt us the most. It's those circumstances that we face. The devil doesn't... He plays... He's obvious. There's some obvious tactics, which we've seen over this last year, the last two years that he does. Uh, but he comes close. He tries to, he, he tries to come close to, to get you off guard. And the Bible says we're just to simply stand firm. We're simply to stand firm with brothers and sisters by our side, to put on the armour of God... And because he will flee. Uh, how did Jesus uh, do this? Uh, I think some words are going to come up. Uh, Matthew, Matthew, um, Matthew 4, verse 11. Um, it's a time, we all know the story, where Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. I want to pick it up afterwards. So there's a story in the Bible where Jesus was, after he was baptised, he was full of the Spirit, and then he went into the, into the desert. And he went full of, full of God, and the devil was trying to tempt him. And he used scripture. It's interesting, every time he used scripture, but he stand. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil, and he used scripture to, 
uh, to fight back to the devil. Uh, we're going to pick it up after. Uh, I love this. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. When Jesus heard that John had been put into prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of hard word and hard word, <laughs> to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of hard word and land of hard word, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in the darkness have seen a light. On those living in the land of the shadow of the death, a light has dawned. And then it says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were cast in a net into the lake. They were fishermen. And he just says, come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for other people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And it goes on. We can, we can read the rest of the story. At the end of the battles, uh, we read in verse 11 that Jesus, Jesus had this moment of blessing where the angels came. They came and comforted him. They came and restored him. But it didn't last very long. Uh, and he heard about his cousin, John, who went into prison and was later going to die. With that in mind, he took up John's call, which was to repent for the kingdom of heaven. So John, John the Baptist would be going round and say, repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven's near. And Jesus, despite the battles, despite seeing his, his friend, his cousin, arrested and, and later was going to die, he said, no, I'm going to carry on this charge. And he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven's near. And so he began to preach the very message that has caused John's arrest. Um, I don't think this next year life is going to be about passively waiting until we get to heaven. I don't think we're called as, as followers of Jesus to just endure stuff until we die because then it'll be, we'll have a banquet and we'll have like white clothes and we'll have a new body and... Um, I, I'm not very good in skinny jeans. Um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that heaven I'll get a new body so I can fit in skinny jeans. Get on with it, yeah. But some things will never change. But Jesus, he was on a mission. He faced the enemy. He faced these battles. He got restored and he knew the battles was going to come. But he was on a mission. And what did he do first? He called some disciples, come, follow me. Come, I'll show you. I'll show you how to fish for men and women. I'll show you how to catch people. I'll show you how to save people. And so these, these disciples, they just, they, these new disciples, these new teenagers, some of them, they just threw their nets and just went, went after Jesus. This next year, we're gonna be, we want to be showing and telling thousands of people about Jesus. Uh, over these, next, these last two years, we've, uh, for anyone who's been to our newcomers lunch, you'll hear me say, we don't really want to grow the church full of Christians. We don't want, if you're a Christian, we don't really want you to join. Unless God's called you here to join us on mission, because we're going to be on a mission to show and tell thousands of people about, about Jesus. We're going to see thousands of people hear and experience the power and experience of Jesus. Um, but also what we want to do is train you. 
the word disciple is this kind of word, this mentor, this person that follow, is a follower, follower of Jesus. And so we want to help you to be a follower of Jesus, but then help you to, to join us on mission. We're on mission to, to show and tell thousands of people about Jesus. We're just saying, come and join us. If you are Christian and you feel God's called you here, come and join, join us. But our message is repent. <laughs> it's an old-fashioned word, repent, turn, helping people to turn away from their stuff and to come to Jesus. Uh, so yesterday at Heal on the Streets, we just invited people to, to come, come to prayer. And a guy walked past and he said, I'm addicted, to al- I'm addicted to alcohol. I can't shake off this alcoholism. And so uh, we just prayed for him. And uh, we said some old-fashioned words like repent. Just repent. Uh, and we got him to forgive uh, his, his older brother and his dad who had kind of made him an alcoholic, if you like. And, uh, and, and in that moment where he carried depression, he just kind of took off that depression and headed, headed back towards Jesus. Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand and just give, give thanks? So Jesus, help us as we're on this train track of the battle and blessing. We pray for our friends that we know, our family members that we know, uh, that are in the middle of a battle. And we fight, we don't fight flesh and blood. We don't fight the flesh and blood. We fight the, the powers that are at work, where the enemy's at work, where he comes close. Uh, and Jesus says the kingdom of God is near, it's at hand. It's really, really close. The kingdom of God's closer than the, than the, than the fear or the battles that we're facing. And uh, so, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you remind us that you're with us? It might be that some of you are facing some battles, even today, even this week. We, uh, there is a tiny bit of space at the front here. We're going to ask you, if you want some prayer, if you want someone to come by your side, to partner with you, to pray, uh, to release that hope in you, then uh, we would be honoured to, to pray with you. Whether it's uh, in any kind of conflict, uh, maybe you, you're addicted to something and you want to just... Uh, lay that down again. It might be that you're, you're, um, you're sick and you want someone to, to pray for you, uh, that that sickness would go. We would be honoured to do that. So uh, the band are going to carry on playing. If you want some prayer, please come forward and, and we'd love to pray. And during the worship, we're going to take up our offering. Uh, and again, so uh, the basket is going to come round. Uh, be free to give or not to give. Um, but we want to give ourselves to, to God as, a, as an offering. So come down, come down now if you want some prayer. We're here.